0: Welcome to Radio Imagination. This is an exploration of the life, work, and influence of the author Octavia E. Butler.
1: I write about people and the different ways of being human. And you can't really do that unless you write about a lot of different kinds of people.
0: She was a science fiction writer born in Pasadena, California.
2: I think I had one choice. Well, two choices. I could become a writer or I could die really young.
0: I'm Savannah Wood. This year, a decade after Butler's death, a group of artists and writers will explore her archives at the Huntington Library and bring you a series of performances, film screenings, and literary events, all produced by Clock Shop, an arts organization in Los Angeles. Today, Devil Girl from Mars. It's a kitschy 50s sci-fi film, and for a young Octavia Butler, it was something that motivated her to pursue a career in writing. Here's Tom Carroll, the creator of Tom Explores Los Angeles.
3: How many times have you heard a song or seen a colorful painting and been so moved that you think, I want to be able to create that? A near universal human experience, really. We're inspired by what we take in around us. But what does it say about someone who takes the opposite approach? They see something so terrible that they feel compelled to manifest their rebuttal, an anti-muse of sorts. For Octavia Butler, she found that anti-muse in a 50s sci-fi flick.
1: And introducing the Devil Girl from Mars herself. Get back or I fire. You Get back! Shoot, man, shoot!
0: Devil Girl
3: from Mars found its way to the Saturday afternoon movie slot, and a 12 year old butler sat through the whole thing in her Pasadena home. She recounted her origin story in front of a live audience in 1996.
2: The other thing that got me going was a terrible movie called Devil Girl from Mars. My response was, geez, I can write a better story than that. And then anybody can write a better story than that. And then the key, somebody got paid for writing that terrible story. So I started writing science fiction.
3: Clock Shop is screening Devil Girl from Mars. One of the hosts of the evening is writer and sci-fi thinker Claire Evans. So I wanted to talk with her and find out where this movie fits into the history of science fiction.
2: There's kind of a cottage industry within science fiction academia at placing an origin point for the genre as a thing. Like, there's, some people say it's Frankenstein, some people say it's Jules Verne, some people say it's like you know some ancient Greek text. But I think everyone can agree that you know, science fiction really came into itself as a cultural form, uh, as a recognizable cultural form with like a sort of. E- ecosystem and um, identity in the 1950s it's a lot of like adolescent male power fantasies because that's the audience that was reading it and it's who was writing it as well as is men
3: what does it say about Butler that as a 12 year old she saw her entire life's trajectory in front of her
2: I mean the thing I love the most about Butler is that she was just like this great nerd, you know. She was really, she knew from a very young age that she wanted to write science fiction. She set about doing it from a very young age in a very methodical way. She worked really, really hard. Um, She worked a long list of unpleasant, menial jobs in order to be able to write. Uh, she submitted relentlessly and eventually when she finally became recognized for the work that she did she devoted her entire life to it you know like you look at interviews with her and she talks about like all she ever wanted to do was just read and write you know there's this kind of purity to her focus that i find deeply inspiring and somewhat like impossible to imagine you know she was like a monk a monk nerd for the genre
3: What does it mean to have an anti-muse instead of a muse?
2: I mean, there are many different things that motivate people to creative action. Sometimes you're motivated to act because you were inspired by something and you want to do something similar or in the same spirit. Other times you're inspired to act because you hate so much the status quo. You know, I mean, that's like the entire, you know, that's the DNA of punk rock, right? People, it's working against something in protest of something to create an explicit, alternative to something but I mean I think also for Octavia you know looking at a film like Devil Girl from Mars it's not just that it was bad or badly written but also that it didn't represent anything that she was familiar with you know as like an African-American woman writer like she didn't see herself in that and I think that's really important is that she wasn't just writing because she knew she could do better but she also realized that there was an opportunity for her to what she called write herself in um, to the story you know, to conclude herself in, um, you know, her, in, in, a, in, a, in a vision of the future so that other people could see her there.
3: She also set the bar pretty low.
2: Yeah, the bar was low. So, you know, she, she but she recognized that. And the bar stays low until someone says
3: that it's not acceptable anymore. Book by book, Butler began raising the bar. She defined science fiction in her own terms, and others would later follow her lead. Lisa Bulkadja was born in the 1970s and grew up stocking shelves at a local bookstore in San Diego.
1: She was an accidental discovery. I was working in a bookstore and was placing books on a shelf and happened to be actually looking at the books. Because, you know, you get so many books that come in. And it was part of a new series that they had reissued on black women writers. And I just remember putting Wild Seed. That was the first book I read from her. And putting Wild Seed and Kindred. And what struck me about Wild Seed was the cover was this beautiful color photo of this black woman, a side profile, and her head was morphing into these different shapes of animals in kind of weird sci-fi ways, and I was like, who is this woman, Octavia E. Butler, and just fell in love and and just gobbled up everything I could find about her. In
3: 2012, she attended the Clarion Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Workshop, an intensive six-week writing program. She was only able to do this after she was awarded the Octavia E. Butler Memorial Scholarship, something set up specifically so writers of color may attend Clarion. This is also the same program that Butler attended in 1970, which helped launch her own career. I asked her to describe Butler in two sentences.
1: Uh, Two sentences, oh my gosh. Um, A brilliant visionary, and also I would say a trailblazer for... A lot of writers, especially lots of marginalized writers and people of color. Um, oh my God, I could go on and on about her, but the the biggest thing for her is she was just that that kind of shining light that let me know that uh, you know black women like myself um, we can write science fiction too and be brilliant at it. To have something in her to sustain this creativity, this thought that she can create science fiction and not. Have that passion kind of like stamped out of her like i i you know i was talking to some friends who are going to the um the archives at the huntington library and you know they're you know reading her journals when she was that age you know and for her to be so prolific in her writing of her journals at that age and kind of self-sustaining and kind of i don't know being her own her own motivator you know her own person to keep that passion going and to have so much negative outside forces impact her family, her home, her her mother's livelihood, the ability to take care of Octavia, I just think it's just a revelation that she was able to even just keep writing and not lose that passion and that spark. So many young black people during that time, you know, a lot of them, in terms of being a creative person, they lose that, you know, and I always think about how many other creative people who probably were just as brilliant as Octavia just... You know, for some reason they didn't have that 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 fortitude to keep going. And I'm just like, I always think we're just so lucky that she was able to write herself. You know, I I think about one of the the journal um, writings that um, was recently published, where she basically wrote her own narrative, wrote herself in, where she was writing like she will become this best-selling writer. She will, you know, help send other young black people to go to Clarion, which is basically what she did for me. And I don't know, it's just it's just remarkable that she was able to just just keep that vision where there were so many so many external factors that could have snuffed that creativity out. To discover Octavia, you know, much later, you know, like in my early twenties, I was like, "Wow, there's here's a black woman who's writing science fiction. Oh, hey, we can write that stuff too." So it was kind of like. It allowed, it kind of freed me up to be able to write that. Like, I was always interested in writing horror, trying to be the next Stephen King, or trying to be the next Arlen Ellison. I think it was an idea that I had, but I think maybe subconsciously, I didn't really think that, oh, I can actually be published writing those kind of things that I like. But I think Octavia solidified it. It was like, oh, here's a black woman who's writing science fiction, and she's being championed by people that I really admire. Octavia was watching this film, probably some old TV show, and came on and they showed this old black and white movie, and she just got the spot like, there's got to be something better than this, and I think I can do that. You know, for that to be like, kind of like her muse or inspiration to write, it always cracks me up. Cause like, really? A really bad sci fi movie gave us, you know, Octavia Butler. <laughs>
3: Because Butler didn't have black women science fiction writers to emulate or draw inspiration from, she had to find something to push against. And because of her drive and fortitude, she created the space not only for herself, but for countless other marginalized writers. Those writers who follow in her footsteps no longer need to reject the status quo. For Butler created in herself something that people can look towards and be inspired by. She has become the muse that wasn't there for her.
0: creator of tom explores los angeles you'll hear more from him this summer radio imagination is an exploration of the life work and influence of octavia e butler it's all being produced by clock shop we're a nonprofit organization that works at the intersection of culture politics and urban space in los angeles on the next podcast we'll talk with Lene denise she's a scholar of music who was inspired by octavia butler's writing to create dance parties and soundscapes rooted in the late author's work At clockshop.org, you can see the full list of our live events around Los Angeles and videos of Octavia Butler and the people who knew her. You can also sign up for an email newsletter and get updates on the project. Finally, this month, Octavia Butler would have been 69 years old. If you've been inspired by her life or work, join us online in celebrating her birthday using the hashtag BecauseOfOctavia to share how she's impacted your life. I'm Savannah Wood. Thanks for listening.